Peace, peace. We are back once again with Masterminds with Brother Shemel, and I am your host, Brother Shemel, and I'm definitely um, excited to be back at this time to get into another episode. And before I do that, just want to um, send honors and um, gratitude to everyone who has been uh, supporting the show. Um, Those who have supported the show from day one, those who have supported this podcast um, as time has progressed, I've noticed that the support has grown. Um, I've been checking the uh, the reports, the, the numbers, and it has grown. Um, I'm definitely, definitely uh, grateful for that. And I know I don't put out as much content as other podcasts. So all the support is definitely appreciated. And hopefully there will be a time where I will do this more frequently. And so to um, satisfy the demand. But without further ado, I just wanted to go into the subject matter. Um, This subject matter I'm going to get into actually is in reference to the lower self, studying the lower self. Uh, I think that um, particularly in the field of metaphysics and esoteric information, you hear a lot of you hear a lot of information about the the higher self, you know, connecting with your higher self, you know, be one with your higher self. What is the higher self? I even wrote a book myself. What is the higher self? Which is, of course, important. Um, However, in more science, we are taught that there are two selves. The question is asked, how many selves are there? The answer to that is two. And then the following question is, name them. Or the statement is to name them, higher self and lower self. So we all have two selves. We have a higher self and a lower self. And to know one and not to know the other actually deprives you of your mastery, your true mastery, because you must be complete in your knowledge, in your gnosis. And so with that, I want to go into chapter three of the circle seven in reference to the study of the lower self and then get into some other records as well and some demonstrations on that. And I think it's very important now in this day and time, particularly due to the the chaos that has arisen um, amongst the masses of people, understandably so, because of the the manifestations of the lower self, those representatives of the lower self who seek to do harm. Uh, what does the lower self breed? Hatred, slander, lewdness, murder, theft, and everything that harms. So we're dealing with that um, at a more intense rate now than, of course, before. It's not new. This is not a new thing that we're experiencing. But, of course... You know, in the age of social media, things going viral, you know, definitely um, the response, the impact that it's had is um, somewhat unprecedented. 
So we're seeing this. Uh, this is definitely revelant in this day and time as far as the, the subject matter of studying our lower selves. Because in reality, being able to master yourself, you can master others around you. And I'm going to speak into that, which I think for those who are seeking solutions in this day and time is it's very key, very valuable information. But it's not for the weak hearted. This is this is not for the the um, the overly emotional type, because there has to be a mastery of your emotions. And I'm going to get into that. So let me start off with chapter three of the circle seven. And of course, I'll start where where I always like to start in this part, getting to the nitty gritty. Verse five says there are two selves, the higher self and lower self. The higher self is human spirit clothed with soul made in the form of a law. The lower self, the carnal self, the body of desires is a reflection of higher self distorted by the murky ethers of the flesh. The lower self is an illusion and will pass away. The higher self is a law in man and will not pass away. The higher self is the embodiment of truth. The lower self is truth reversed and so is falsehood manifest. The higher self is justice, mercy, love, and right. The lower self is what the higher self is not. The lower self breeds hatred, slander, lewdness, murder, theft. And everything that harms. The higher self is the mother of virtues and the harmonies of life. The lower self is rich in promises, but poor in blessedness and peace. It offers pleasure, joy, and satisfying gain, but gives unrest, misery, and death. It gives men apples that are lovely to the eye. And pleasant to the smell. Their cores are full of bitterness and gall. If you would ask me what to study, I would say yourselves. And you well have studied them, and then would ask me what to study next, I would reply yourselves. He who knows his lower self knows the illusions of the world knows of the things that pass away and he who knows his higher self knows a law knows well the things that cannot pass away so i'm going to stop there right so there's key it is key to study yourselves and let me go one verse over where it says thrice blessed is the man who has made purity and love his very own. He has been ransomed from the pearls of the lower self and is himself his higher self. So, and that's verse 16. So I read from verse five to verse 16 of chapter three. So when you think about this, you have to know both the higher self and the lower self to know the difference, to not 
be under the illusion of of yourself to not be under the illusion that one thing is another right so there is a, a, a statement when it comes to the art of war and I could kind of paraphrase it in the art of war where it says if you know yourself or if you if if you know your enemy or you know yourself let me I have to read it but it's something about knowing yourself and your enemy And I'm doing that literally right now. <laughs> know yourself, know your enemy. And it's a statement. If you neither know yourself, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. That's for Sun Tzu in the Art of War. Okay? I just looked that up. I I remember that, but I didn't know it by heart. So I wanted to read it verbatim. And I'll repeat that. If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not your enemy for every victory gained you will also suffer a defeat if you know neither the enemy nor yourself you will succumb every battle if you don't know your enemy nor yourself you will succumb every battle Buddha made a statement he said your greatest weapon is in your enemy's mind your greatest weapon is in your enemy's mind and of course in more science we acknowledge buddha as being one of the um true and divine prophets this is very important when we look at this because when we put this in parallel to the higher self and lower self one of the questions is asked in the morris questionnaire what is the devil sometimes called the lower self so the lower self is always made synonymous with the devil and also Satan because the question is asked also in the Morris questionnaire, what did the higher self say to the lower self at one time when he met him? And the answer was, where are you going, Satan? The word Satan means adversary or enemy, right? So, you know, you'll hear Christians say, oh, that's the enemy. You know, that's the work of the enemy. So the enemy or the devil is really your lower self. I put out another um, in one of my past podcasts in reference to more uh, the masterminds with Brother Shamel. I spoke about the lower self, the devil. It was entitled, it is entitled, uh, The Devil Defined Within More Science, where I speak on that. And I'm just adding on in this particular podcast going on and expounding on that knowing about 
the true enemy, right? And that enemy is actually within. When you go back to chapter seven, chapter seven, I'm sorry, chapter three of Circle Seven, later on in that chapter, it will tell you specifically in verse 21 that the only devil from which man must be redeemed itself, the lower self. If man would find his devil, he must look within. His name is self, right? So that devil or that enemy, the true enemy is within you. It says your greatest weapon is in your enemy's mind. Meaning if you know, if you know what makes your enemy tick, how they think, then that will be the weapon that you can use against them. It also says in the um, circle seven, it speaks about in where man is most strong, right? It speaks about man be how is a man, where is a man weak and that where he seems most strong. Okay. Uh, I believe that's in the chapter of weakness, if I'm not mistaken. But I have to look that up just to be confirmed in that. But it speaks about the weakness in where you think, exa- uh, matter of fact, it is in the chapter of weakness in the circle seven. Uh, holy instructions from the prophet on weakness. Chapter, I believe it's, it would be. 42 if I'm not mistaken 42 and matter of fact verse 2 where it says wherein art thou most weak in that wherein thou seemest most strong in that wherein most thou glorieth even in possessing the things which thou hast in using the good that is about thee right and then it goes on in verse three to say, are not thy desires also frail or knoweth thou even what it is thou wouldst wish when thou has obtained what most thou sought after behold, it contenteth thee not. So to put it in layman's terms, okay, where are you most weak and that where you seem most strong? What you appear most strong, that which you think will make you strong is how you're weak. Right? That which you boast, what that which you you take most glory in. Right? That's where your weakness lies. That is where your weakness will lie. In that. Okay? That can be used against you. What you take pride in. Pride comes before the fall. So why is this important in what we're speaking about? It's important in what we're speaking about because you have to know it's all within the mind. Thought is the cause of it all. And when your mind is thrown off, right, then you can throw everything else off in your body. You can down to your health, down to your immune system, right? Thus, the fear factor, where people's fear actually attributes to the sickness, 
right? Because a virus cannot cannot overtake a person unless there is there is a um, the defenses are down because your body is naturally by nature right is designed to fight off foreign entities anyway right but guess what if those who are manipulators of the mind who have studied the mind and trust that there is a group of people out there who dedicate themselves to studying human psychology especially human psychology of certain groups of people and once they know what makes you tick they know how to operate and get in on that frequency and then cause you to operate strictly on a frequency of fear and thus they can control you any which way they they feel the need to and that's something we have to know so thus the study of the lower self is also the study of the mind and the study of your own psychology you have to study why you do what you do you have to study why you feel the way you feel why you react the way you react because everything is based on stimuli and response I spoke about that in my book Uh, what is the devil sometimes called about something called um, subliminal stimuli subliminal seduction and subliminal stimuli knowing these things will know that they can get you on a subconscious level to get you to respond why because you yourself have never taken the time to study your, your own subconscious mind the information is there for you to study but most people will never take the time to study most people will never take the time to study their own mind most people will never take the time to study um, how the brain works why they react the way they react there's a difference between a reaction and a response people who are easily controlled or people who are controlled based on in accordance to reaction right that's what a lab rat does you put a lab rat and you create some stimuli and they'll react to it they'll call it a response but they're just reacting they can get them to move any which way they want them to move but intelligent responses are a process of mental work of being able to think and reason right but they know that most people are emotional and if most people are emotional then they can make you move off the emotions the emotions and this is an add up degree emotions are sprays of the lower self they say that emotion is energy in motion and if it is energy in motion right energy cannot be created nor destroyed it can merely be changed in its form and it can be channeled so you can channel emotion if you don't know how to channel emotion somebody else will and they'll channel it for you one of the main ways they do it is through media whether it's TV media, movie media social media musical media, media media is connected to medium 
right? I spoke this about again in my previous podcast, but I want to reiterate this because this is very important. This is very important information for us to dive into in reference to studying the lower self. The lower self is the carnal self, the body of desires. This is the body of desires because we're on a plane of desires. The plane of manifest is a plane of desires. So it's basically everything is about desire. What do you desire? Right. And if you do not get what you desire, you either become mad or sad. Right. So they know how to trigger these things to get a response. And everything you see now is the result of manipulation on on emotions now we need to understand that it's not that the situation situations that happen don't happen it's that they happen and then there are those who take it and channel it in a way to get you to respond a certain way because trust me there's always been murders has always been <clears throat> abuse that doesn't make it any better or you know or any worse but it's the it's the consciousness of it or the repetitive uh reissuance of the scene within your that placed in your subconscious mind that allows you to respond a certain way it's just like being subjected to a horror movie and grotesque scenes over and over again is going to initiate a response. If you sat in a room and just watched the most gross horror picture ever, and it just repeats and it repeats and repeats, you're, you're going to have a physical response. You're going to have nightmares. You're going to start fearing certain things, right? Once you step out the movie theater, even though it's a movie, Right. And then again, it's the same process. Not saying that the thing didn't happen. It's just saying that your response is based not on the issue happening, but how it's been placed in your mind, how it's been drilled in your mind. And thus you operate a certain way. Now, the key is how do you flip that and keep your mind in heaven? Because heaven and hell are a state of mind. How are you able to keep your mind in the midst of chaos, stay in that peaceful and calm state where you are in control? Okay. And there are techniques to do that. And we will definitely get into that. Um, But I definitely first want to elaborate on the point that a lot of this is a matter of mind control. Right, most people are the are the subjects and victims of mind control, and thus we have to address that. And the reason why there is so much mind control is that most people do not study their selves, their higher self and lower self, and in particularly their lower self, because he who knows the lower self knows the illusion. It's all based on illusion. An illusion is that which appears to be one way and really not is. Also, it is that which 
is not permanent. Anything that is that passes away is an illusion. No matter how real it is in the now time, if it has an end to it on a metaphysical level, it is an illusion, right? The trick is that you are constantly being kept in the construct of time, which is an illusion in and of itself in past, present, and future, where people you have people who are stuck on the past or on the present or on the future right and they say there's only really one time and that's the now but putting it in the context of the construct of time you're looking at something where it is said that you have people who will say well this happened and because this happened I'm going to be this way right even though it may not be happening now right so you know back in the day you know so we used to break dance and wear bell bottoms they ain't doing it today but your mind may be caught up in that time of of bell bottoms and break dancing or discoing and you still want to wear bell bottoms you know and then you get laughed at and called types of names and you wonder like, why why y'all like that because you're trapped in an illusion <laughs> but but so are others you know so just giving you that that analogy to let you know the importance of studying yourself and in order to properly study yourself you have to go inward in self-examination you know there's a whole chapter uh, chapter 15 of the circle 7 which we will definitely explore um, we have explored before and we will explore again in future podcasts about that degree but that's all what it's a part of it is very important to realize that your mind is very powerful and you actually can shift a paradigm you're constantly shifting the paradigm anyway or you're going through paradigm shifts but your ability to do it at will most people is not known by most people they haven't learned it and it's it's, it may it sounds simpler than what it is the process is simple but it's not an easy road but it is a road that must be done in order to master your mind to master self right and in mastering yourself you will be able to master those around you in the, in the context of not controlling them but controlling the environment by which they interact because it gets into the aspect of energy your vibration you know once you're, you're able to do this you can you can create a vibration immediately around you that can de-escalate potentially volatile situations, right? But if you are in the conversation and in the thought process of chaos, if you're in the thought process of, well, this is not right, so I have to do this, then 
you're really no longer in control. You have you have not learned to rise above the swing of the pendulum, as is mentioned in the Kabbalion, um, to become a servant of the higher planes, to become a ruler over the lower planes. Right? And this is mental alchemy, mental transmutation. But these are things that must be taught. These are things that must be studied. It is the study of self at the end of the day, right? To subdue an enemy without fighting is the greatest of skills. So said Sun Tzu in the art of war. To subdue an enemy without fighting is the greatest of skills. How do you subdue your enemy without even fighting? You subdue do them in the mind, right? If you, have you ever, somebody ever known or you've never known somebody who would talk themselves out of anything? That's that's a mental master right there. You may have thought that person just had game, but they understood the mind. To understand the mind, particularly the subconscious mind, and the subtleties and the nuances of that mind is very powerful. Again, this is all dealing with the study of your lower self. Now, I said earlier that the emotions are sprays of the lower self. And and I mentioned about emotion being energy into motion or energy in motion. So understanding this, you have to understand how certain situations can come about. So, and I'll use the situation in reference of violence, because that's what a lot of us are observing nowadays in these days and time, Um, or at least it's more prevalent in our vision at these days and time, it's always been around. But with that said, okay, there's a term people like to say, well, I seen the I should have seen the red flags, right? Flags can be used as an acronym for five emotions: fear, lust, anger, greed, and sympathy. F-L-A-G-S flags right so usually people will express one of those five feelings those five emotions right they talk about you and your feelings that feeling will either be fear lust anger greed or sympathy and a lot of times or you can either exchange the sympathy for sadness, right? Okay. Or add an extra S in it. Okay. Most of the times, a lot of times, the most predominant one is, you know, fearful, angry, and sad. That's where you can see definitely a person in their face. You can see that fear in their face you can see the anger in their face 
Definitely. You can see lust and greed, but definitely fear, anger, and sadness. You can see. So, so during the course of an average day, um, all of these feelings can manifest in one person, right? But these emotions are not static. They're constantly in flux. And they're in flux based on one's thoughts. As Remember, we have tens of thousands of thoughts that run through our mind in the course of a day, right? And I'm getting to the part about how you're able, if you're able to master yourself, because first you have, in order to be able to master a situation around you, you have to master yourself. You have to know your own inner demons. You have to be able to be still, listen to the still small voice within, which we say in more science is the voice of Allah. Right. Truth is art. Art is a law. Truth cannot change nor pass away. Right. And the higher self is a law of man. So you have to be able to first master yourself in that context. Right. Because, again, just as I mentioned before, what Sun Tzu said in reference to the enemy. Right. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. And it says in chapter one of the circle seven that without a foe, a soldier never knows his strength. Right. Without a foe, a soldier never knows his strength. And thought must be developed by the exercise and size of strength. And so this carnal nature soon became a foe that man must fight, that he might be the strength of a law made manifest. Let me repeat that. Without a foe, a soldier never knows his strength and thought must be developed by the exercise of strength. So you can't develop the thought without exercising the strength of it the strength of your mind and so this carnal nature soon became a foe that man must fight that he might be the strength of a law made manifest okay why because perfected man must pass through all the ways of life and so a carnal was full manifest a nature that sprang forth from fleshly things so again this is the carnal nature the carnal self, the lower self, the carnal self, which is the body of desires. And in all of these emotions, their roots is rooted in desire. Okay. When you go dig into it. So, okay. You can go through a, a whole multitude of feelings, right? But a lot of times, through the course of a day, one feeling may be more dominant in that day. Okay. Definitely dominant, more dominant than the other feelings. Okay. And these dominant feelings and can go through course of days and months and years. And sometimes it becomes part of your personality trait, your overall attitude towards the world and life. If you're consciously, constantly an angry person, you know, you're the angry man. You know, if you're constantly sad, you're the sad girl. Or, you know, you're the lustful person. Or you're the fearful person. You're a coward. You're always scared. 
right? Okay, so learning to discern one's overall personality element allows you to introduce and influence elements of mood and personality in order to manipulate one's attitude or outlook at any given time. So what does that mean? So if you know a person is angry, let's use a situation or has a or has a a angry hateful disposition. Right? What does the lower self breed? Hatred, slander, lewdness, murder, death, and everything harm. First one being hatred. So if you know a person has a disposition that is full of hate, okay? If you're knowledgeable and know the nuances of it, you can introduce, influence elements of mood and personality to to basically mold that person's attitude and outlook on a thing because the root of it is the desire right if if you come across a police officer right and this has actually been spoke about in other settings but we're really going to dig into it on a metaphysical level if a police officer it's been said that many police officers you know the joke is that they they were used to be bullied in school they weren't tough those are the ones who were not tough in school they used to get punked all the time they weren't the popular ones so when they had a chance they compensated for their weakness growing up and became police officers now i'm not saying this is all across the board but that has been a common statement about police officers so what you're really dealing with is if that's the case when someone comes at you you're really dealing with someone who is a person who lives who lives on the basis of fear because even their job is is rooted in fear fear of they may not make it it's a dangerous job they deal with criminals right they rooted they they live off of fear okay and especially if you they're they're fearful of a person person of another race then that even amplifies so everybody of that race is a threat okay so that person is not much as they don't operate off of anger though they may express anger at times they really operate off of fear so how do you how do you take control of that situation okay so the easiest way to work off of the aspect of the fear or controlling the fear aspect is the way to compensate for um, to basically work their mind and have them walk through what are they fair, what are they afraid of, and that that sounds simple, but it's it's there's a there's an aspect of that, right? 
So they, I give you an example. What I mean by this, okay? If a person, if a person is fearful, you have to know what makes them fear. Okay, reputation. There was a saying. Okay, let's lose like this. When we think of using fear, right? We inevitably think of making someone fear us. Okay, but if you're able to actually work it in reverse to give the person who's fearful a sense of, I say, courage. Give the person a sense of confidence, right? Then they're automatically, are automatically, uh, their defenses are let down. Okay. Um, Sun Tzu made a statement in the Art of War. He said, "Pretend inferiority." And encourage your enemy's arrogance. I'll repeat that statement. He said, pretend inferiority and encourage an enemy's arrogance. Now, how, how does that work? Okay. Because, of course, in the system of racism, white supremacy, etc., it's built on the European psychology, which has a group of people classify themselves as white and another group of people they classify as black you know both are illusions because is no one has white skin or black skin right but yet it's a class system and it's based on one group of people classified as white being superior and another group of people classified as black as being inferior so Sun Tzu said in the art of war he said pretend inferiority and encourage an enemy's arrogance okay one can only feign weakness and fear effectively by being extremely strong okay you can only effectively pretend to be weak if you are extremely strong and the strength happens to be in the mind again okay thought must be developed by the exercise of strength so the best illustration of this um, in reference to art of war there's a story of the um, 47 ronin which are samurai okay okay so back in the 1700s there was a shogun master, okay, knowing he had a long-time enemy, okay. This this man who was his enemy was one who could easily be brought to anger, right? He knew that. So look at look at this person as like the police officer, 
quick to be brought to anger, quick to draw the gun. Okay. So this Shogun master deliberately provoked his enemy into drawing a sword on the Shogun's grounds, which was a capital offense. Okay. For this breach of etiquette, the person who drew the sword had ordered to commit ritual was ordered to commit ritual suicide. Okay. Okay. Now, at the time, this enemy, his name was Asano, right? So the Shogun Master was Kira. His enemy was Asano. Asano made the capital offense. He drew the sword. He breached the etiquette. Now, Asano, Lord Asano, had 47 samurai retainers, 47 ronin. As was the custom, many thought that at least some of his samurai knights would commit the suicide and follow their master, right? At the very least, to save face and guard their honor. Many believed that these these particular um, samurai knights who followed Asano would have launched a suicidal attack, okay, against their enemy. But it appeared their fear of dying prevented any of them from doing so. Two years later, follows, right? So now they looked at as as um they're looked at as cowards. Now Ronin, by the way, is, is a samurai who has no master. A masterless samurai. Two years later, wherever one of these masterless samurai went in Japan, they were reviled as scum of the earth. Okay? They would be pointed at by men. He would point, show, tell their sons that's an example of what not to be. Okay? On the second anniversary of their master's death, those Ronin secretly gathered outside Kira's residence who was their enemy who caused this all to happen caught him by surprise and of course they they killed they killed their enemy right then once they killed their enemy then they went around they went back to their master's grave and followed the tradition of the harakiri which is the suicide Okay. The point of it is is that they were willing to give the illusion of weakness for being able to seize a moment in which their enemy's arrogance would be the end of them if if that makes sense. That's one that's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it 
that is not so extreme is being able to send off a vibration. Now, this is more esoteric, more esoteric, more metaphysical. You know, it's on a spiritual level. Being able to send off a vibration that is so powerful that your own enemy, the people who you would make seem despise you, will then work in your favor. Now, that takes a skill. That definitely takes a skill. And it takes a level of patience. Because you have to know that you're dealing with an illusion. You have to understand that the emotions that the person across from you is shooting at you is only an illusion. They they fall they fall victim to the pendulum. They sway back and forth themselves and they know not why. You know, it says um, it speaks about this in the inconstancy of man, right? Um, or the, I should say the yeah inconstancy, um, chapter forty-one, okay, and where it speaks about that in verse chapter forty-one, verse sixteen, it says, "Today he loveth thee, tomorrow." Thou art detested by him, and why? Himself knoweth not, wherefore he now hateth. Right? Today he is the tyrant, tomorrow thy servant is left humbled, and why? He who is arrogant without power will be servile while there is no subjection. Right? He who is arrogant without power will be servile while there is no subjection. So that means if you're dealing with people, who are arrogant right this is this is a mental degree if you deal with people who are arrogant and they have no real power because power is an illusion it's a manifest of force then they'll be they'll be in servitude they'll eventually place their own selves in servitude and that's kind of what you're seeing now on a gross level right when you, you see scenes of um, the so-called powers that be um, now trying to trying to do damage control, trying to see that they're not as aggressive as they are. But again, power is the illusion. But when you're a true master of it, when you're a true master of this and to do master that, you have to master self. You have to know how your own mind works. You have to know how your own thoughts go back and forth. Then from that point, you're able to be able to be in control at all times and then control the situation around you. Again, that's on a metaphysical level. And of course, there are other aspects to use as well that one can use to diffuse a situation. And again, this is never at all to um, make light of the events that take place what I'm speaking on is an aspect of how how to think throughout this process because you can either be swayed emotionally or you can be in control and it's better to do the latter at all times because as long as you're swayed back and forth they can have you do anything because they'll have you operate off of fear the greatest tool that's used 
amongst the masses of people is fear. Greatest tool, fear of death, fear of sickness, fear of loss of money, um, fear of being rejected, fear of not being pretty enough, fear of not having prestige, fear of um, lack of acceptance, um, fear of, of a whole bunch of things. <laughs> you go say uh, fear of starvation is always something that will be introduced to you. They call it an advertising pain points. And they said, well, well, let's address their pain points. Why would they call it pain points? Because pain is a feeling. They want in sales, they want to get you to feel a certain way, not think a certain way. Because if you can think, you can you can see through the illusion. But if they can get you to feel a certain way, right? Down to the imagery, down to the music, down to everything. If they can get you to feel a certain way, then that that feeling, that emotion puts you in motion. Puts you in motion to do a certain action. The action that they want you to do. Right? So again, you have to be in control of your emotions so that you can be able to control the situation around you at all times. And that is really the gist of it when you really look at it. Um, Again, I can elaborate further on it, but I really think that that truly um, sums up the whole aspect of the study of the lower self um, portion that we need to look into in addition to the study of the higher self, of course. You need to study both. But again, that is the key to mastery. That is the key of not being the victim. Um, So with that, I will conclude this episode of Masterminds with Brother Shamel. And again, as always, I thank each and every one of you for tuning in and listening to me. Um, And I hope to be able to do this once again soon in the near future. Until then, peace.